Welcome to this week's episode of Money Talk, where we're going to be talking about how to make a money plan. A lot of this week's information is going to come from a NerdWallet article that's linked in the description. So thank you for them to providing this information. They're a great resource that I like to use from time to time, and I figured I would share some information from their site along with opinion of mine on a few things. So in this episode, we were going to go over financial goals, tracking and redirecting your money, the employer match, an emergency fund, high interest debt, investing to build savings, and building your financial moat of protection. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's talk about some of the changes that you'll notice on the podcast on our social media. Like I mentioned in our break episode, we've changed our logo and our social media pages only go by Money Talk now. I wanted to focus more on this podcast and adjusting my social media pages has helped with a lot with this. In the coming months, you may see a website go up for Money Talk. It's exciting times. We're now firmly over 200 listens and I would love to get to 300. So please, if you know anyone who would enjoy a simple conversation about money, please share the podcast with them. Now let's get into today's episode. You know, we don't talk about money enough. It is a topic that just gets ignored for some reason, even though it plays a role in everyone's day-to-day life. Well, this is the issue that brought money talk to reality. I know you're probably too busy and don't have the time to research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance, but that is where this podcast, Money Talk, comes into play. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming, and I'm here to do the research and learn all the extra stuff about personal finance for you. The goal is to simply get us talking about money. So let's get talking. So let's get right into today's first topic. Let's talk about financial goals. So why are financial goals important when it comes to your money plan? Well, they're important because it helps you know what you actually want to do with your life for one, but especially how money plays a role in that. Money plays a role in pretty much everything in our lives. It's something that you have to consider in almost every aspect. So as far as your goals go, especially you need to have a consideration of how much money you're going to need. So one thing I recommend is to look at your timeline. Look at your 5, 10, 15, 20, and beyond years worth of goals. You need to figure out where you want to be in two to three years and how do you get there. But starting with your goals helps you actually figure out what you want to do with money. And one thing I recommend, especially if you're a married couple or dating somebody that you're looking to be with for a very long time, have a dream date. It's something that I heard from the Ramsey team on their podcast, but have a dream date. Go out and look at something that you've always wanted to do or like, plan your kind of your life a little bit. Like say, Hey, what are the things that we really aspire to do in our lives? Do we want to own a house that's worth over $2 million? Do we want to go on a trip where we pay for the entire family to come all expenses paid by us? Like are those kind of things that you really want to do? Is that something that really speaks to you? Well, if it is make it known and then set a timeline on it and write it down. So there's a lot of things that come into play with your financial goals, but the odds are very high that they're going to be impacted by money. So it's a good idea to start talking about them now. That way you can put them into your money plan. So next, let's talk about the next step, tracking your money and redirecting it. So tracking your money and redirecting it. Well, one of the first things I have to say about this point is that you will very, very quickly start saving more money, especially if you're not doing it at all. If you're not doing it at all, look for one of the simple apps. One of my favorite is called Personal Capital. It allows you to, one, use it to budget, 
but also allows you to see a breakdown of your net worth, which is also a key piece of starting to move yourself in the right direction. Because once you're actually tracking your money, tracking your net worth, it'll be very, very easy. And you'll start saving money really quick. Like it'll happen faster than you thought you ever could. And you're going to realize how much money you actually have. If you're not paying attention to your income, especially, but how much money you're spending, you really just don't know. You're just going along with life. But if you're paying attention to how much you're spending and how much you're making, you're going to come to a quick realization that you're probably overspending. Because if you're paying attention to it, it's going to be a lot easier to live below your means. And your progress is going to become very real and very fast. You're going to be able to very quickly save for those trips that you want to go on because you're tracking your money. And it's a lot easier to say, hey, let's cut down on our groceries when you know how much you're actually spending on it. When there's not a number behind how much you're actually spending on things, it's a lot harder to say we need to cut back. Because how much are you going to cut back? $10? $40? $100? Is that even possible? You have no idea unless you're tracking your money. And this doesn't necessarily mean you have to budget, but you at the very least need to know what you're spending money on because I think budgeting will naturally come with this point. And I know budget is the dreaded B word of personal finance, but it's also a key part. But that's one thing that I have to say about tracking your money and the fact that redirecting it will become a lot easier once you start doing that. So next, let's talk about the employer match. So the employer match, what is it? Why am I talking about this employer match? Well, it's money that your employer is going to match for your retirement contributions. And it's honestly a key thing that if you have the opportunity to get it, at the very minimum, you need to be taking it. And there's one idea that I've heard a lot recently that I think is great. And it's called like, I guess the whole idea and the whole principle is just incrementally increasing your savings because you're going to adapt. And especially if it's automatic and comes out of your paycheck immediately to what's called a 401k, and that's where your employer match will happen, unless you have some sort of a government or public account. There's a couple different names for those type of retirement accounts. And if you have one, you probably know. But as far as a 401k is concerned, and we'll speak about that, say you're only putting aside 1%, but your employer will match all of the money up to 3% of your income. That's quite a bit of money. Like That's money that you need to be taking advantage of. And say you can't really afford to put aside 3% right now. Put a plan in place to increase that percentage maybe 0.5% a month or a year or something like that. Gradually do it because trust me, the more you gradually increase your savings, you're going to figure out how to survive. You're going to be just fine. Even though you don't think you can afford it right now, when you naturally force yourself to have less money to spend, you're going to be okay. Especially when it's only in increments of like one or two or 3%. You're not suddenly trying to save 25, 50% of your income, even though you can absolutely get there through gradually increasing your savings rate you're going to be okay and you're going to naturally figure out a way to adapt. And why is the employer match so great? Because it's free money. Obviously you have to be working and stuff like that, but it's money that they're just going to give you for contributing to your retirement plan. Now your employer, I'm sure gets tax breaks or something for it. And your employer match, just so you know, and can look up if this comes into play. If you roll over your 401k to an IRA, your employer match isn't going to be Roth contributions. They always contribute on a pre-tax basis or what's called traditional contributions. So just be aware of that. That's something to keep in mind. doesn't play a huge role, something you really won't need to be concerned about unless you're doing a rollover. But the employer match is so great because it's some of the money that you just get to keep. It's honestly part of your, it's part of your 
I guess, payment, like how you get paid for work. They take into consideration how much money they're giving you through your 401k match or through an HSA contribution or things like that. So take advantage of the money your employer is willing to give you. If you think they're not paying you enough, have them put like, take it, make sure you're at least taking advantage of the retirement contributions that they're willing to give you. Because if you leave that money alone in your retirement account, it's going to be worth far more than the money you're immediately spending out of your paycheck. So make sure you're taking advantage of the employer match. That's the third step in your money plan. The next step is the great emergency fund. So let's talk about the emergency fund. Emergencies don't have to become disasters. And that's because you have money set aside to be able to easily and quickly take care of them. Your slight little emergencies don't become financial disasters. They don't become stress cases. They don't become mental health crises because you get a flat tire, which is the example I'll always use because I think this can honestly break quite a bit of people, but you get a flat tire and you easily just say, here's the money, fix it. Thank you. Bye. And you leave. It's over. It's done with. Now, obviously you have to look back and say, how do we replace that money and rebuild our emergency fund? But that's a lot easier to do than say, how do, how am I going to get to work? How am I going to do this, that, and the other? How am I going to pick up groceries on the way home? I have a flat tire. How am I going to do everything that I wanted to do today because I have a flat tire and can't afford to pay for it? I kind of have to just leave the car on the side of the road for right now until I can figure out what to do because I'm just going to finish walking to work because I'm close enough. Like, it's a lot easier. That's what also insurance is for, which we'll get for in the last segment. But think of this question for yourself. Do you have $1,000 in the bank? What would you do if a situation happened and you had to fork up $1,000 to pay for it. Did you know that more than six out of 10 Americans don't have enough money to cover and cover an unexpected $1,000 expense? If you have over that, that might sound terrifying to you, but realize you're honestly in the minority and it is terrifying to have less than $1,000 to cover unexpected expenses. That's crazy. And that's such an easy number to hit. How many people's paychecks are over $1,000? If you're working 40 hours a week and it's not in some very, very entry-level job, and even at this point, even some entry-level jobs are paying over $1,000 a paycheck when you're working 40 hours, right there is your $1,000 to cover an unexpected expense. Just don't spend one paycheck and you're okay. But unfortunately, there's a point where people don't have even enough money. They don't have one paycheck set aside. That's why an emergency fund is so crucial so that those emergencies don't build and build. And then you're suddenly in a ton of credit card debt or in a ton of random personal loan debt, or you can't pay your car payment, all those sort of things. You can't pay your house payment. That's even worse. And the credit card limits, they don't really count. If all you have is $15,000 in credit card limits available, don't count yourself as financially stable. What are you going to do if those have to be maxed out? And now you're paying 18 to 25% interest on these credit cards your financial situation is going in the wrong way. If you're suddenly having to finance all of your emergencies with credit cards and don't have the money to pay them off immediately. Credit cards can be a tool, but they can be extremely deadly to your financial situation, which brings us to our next point, high interest debt. So let's get into that conversation. So high interest debt, it's the worst thing for your financial life the absolute worst thing, mainly credit card debt. And you need to just immediately just get, get high interest debt out of your life. It's not going to help you. In fact, it's going to hurt you in more ways than one. It's going to lead to 
more stress on your mind. It's going to lead to more physical ailments. There are studies out there that show people that live in high amounts of debt just have worse off like health, just general health is worse when you're living in debt. And especially high interest debt means you're compounding in the wrong way. People talk about and rave about investing because you're able to leave your money in there for 10, 15, 30 years and it grows and grows. But when you just have all your money on credit card debt and that's all it's going towards, it's incredibly hard to get out of it because it's compounding the wrong way. Because monthly your credit card is having 18 to 25% added to it and you are paying it down, but I guarantee your $25 is less than that 18 to 25%, which is the whole idea of the 4% rule when it comes to investing, where you're taking out where your in investments are growing at more than 4% on average. And when you take out 4% every year, you're never going to run out of money because it keeps growing at more than 4%. How are you going to pay off your credit cards if you're paying off less than that 18 to 25%? The point of the story is you won't. Like if you're only paying 10 to 15% of your credit card bill and you're and it's charging more interest than that, you're never going to pay it off. Like just mathematically speaking, if the percentage you're paying is less than the percentage it's earning or charging you an interest, it's never going to happen. You have to be getting credit card debt out of your life. It's the worst thing for anyone's financial life. And I don't mean to be harsh or judgmental, but it's just, it's the truth that credit card debt is not helping you in any way. And it's something that you absolutely have to avoid. So next, let's talk about saving money, but specifically investing to build your savings. That's the next step in your money plan. So investing to build savings. Let's talk about a few key things that you need to use in order to invest to build your savings. The first one is an IRA, which stands for an individual retirement account, which I'm sure in the future we'll do a breakdown episode for. But IRAs, you can make traditional or Roth contributions, which I would recommend you look up more so that you can learn how to use IRAs best. And there's a lot of little things that to take into consideration with them. But IRAs are one vehicle you can use to simply put away $6,000 a year and let it grow in investments. Put it in good index funds, good ETFs or mutual funds. And IRAs are great because they're one of a couple tax efficient vehicles that can really help you. Next is your employee retirement plans, which is like your 401ks and other employee sponsored retirement plans. It's where you can get that wonderful employer match. And it has the same sort of Roth and traditional contributions as an IRA. Just for some reason, you can contribute more money to an employee retirement plan than you can an IRA. So if you have access to one, there's some fun planning things you can do once you get to really starting to max out your retirement accounts. There's another fun tool that you can use to build your savings called an HSA. With an HSA, you can actually invest the money and you can reimburse yourself from the account at any time. So currently I use my HSA as a, as a vehicle to let the money grow for future medical expenses. So me and my wife pay for all of our medical expenses with our normal credit card and keep the receipts just in case the IRS asks. And then when we get around to needing the money, it'll have grown in the stock market. And then we can pull it out and pay ourselves back. It's a really crazy trick that you'd almost say, is that illegal? But it's not. 529 plans are also a great place to invest to build your savings for college expenses. And it should be 529s 
should be one of the last things you're doing because you need to make sure you're in a good financial situation because you know student loans exist but retirement loans do not you can't take out a retirement loan because you decided to spend all of your money on your child's college education that they're not really using so make sure the 529 should come last you can you can use it for yourself you can pass them down there's a lot of opportunity with a 529 plan towards paying for higher education or trade schools or things like that so if you're interested in one of those make sure you do some research and ultimately when you're investing to build your savings you're just you're creating a, a wealth of opportunity because you're going to be able to jump on deals that are great that most people can't you're going to be able to throw money into the market and have extra money sitting aside waiting for that right moment to strike. You're going to just have a lot more money and a lot more ability to say, Hey, what do we want to do? Oh yeah. That crazy idea that we had 20 years ago, we can do it. It costs a lot of money. Oh, we're fine. Like those sort of things are just fun opportunities that you're going to get when you're investing to build your savings. And next let's talk about the last step of building your money plan. And that's building your moat to protect your financial well-being. So how do you protect your financial well-being? Well, insurance is the obvious one. Things to consider is things like umbrella insurance, term life insurance, auto insurance, home insurance. Make sure, especially once you start building your wealth and wanting to leave your legacy, that you have the proper insurances in place. Just something to consider. And another way you can protect your financial well-being is by padding your emergency fund. A number that I've even heard for an emergency fund, especially once you get older and ready for retirement, is to have a year, one to two years of expenses saved up as an emergency fund. And when you start getting older, that'll be a lot easier because your investments are growing at a rate that you can easily draw that down and hold on to the money. And then another wonderful tool that you can use to really protect yourself and your financial well-being is maxing out your retirement plans. If you're able to max out your retirement plans, you're going to have so much stinking money. Like, especially if you're able to do it when you're young, and that the money is ready for you by the time you're 60 or something like that. But if you think about it, you're going to live into your 70s and 80s probably. And if you take care of yourself now, you're going to be able to enjoy it. And if you're even 40 or 50, you still have 40 or 30 to 40 years for your money to grow in a retirement plan. So you really do have a lot of time. Often the number, the cutoff number for investment money is 65. And you're like, well, I have enough money to retire by then. But even think beyond that. Are you going to have how much you will have so much money by the time you're 80 if you're maxing out your retirement account in your 20s or 30s or 40s like you're going to have so much money that you won't know what to do with it so one great opportunity is to just max out your retirement accounts so i hope today's episode helped you get an idea around building a money plan let me go over the steps real quick first step in building your money plan is to talk about your financial goals the second step is to track your money and redirect it. The third step is get your employer match. The fourth step is an emergency fund. Fifth is getting high interest debt way out of your life. Sixth is investing to build your savings. And seventh is building the moat to protect your financial well-being. So coming up next, let's wrap up today's episode with some, my, some of my thoughts about this subject. So what are my thoughts about this whole money plan idea? Well, having the plan will protect you from living paycheck to paycheck. Simple as that. If you want to get out from living paycheck to paycheck and you don't like the stress it causes in your life, well, have a plan. Figure out a plan. 
The next thing is there's a ton of fun things you can do when your plan is functioning. And even when it goes wrong or you deviate a little bit, you're going to be okay because you have that emergency fund in place. But when your plan is in flow and things are going great, you, t- you don't have to worry about money. Yes, there's once a month that you need to look at your money plan and make sure you're set for the next month. But that's one day out of every 28 to 31 days. That's really easy instead of once every two weeks or once every week because you're not making enough money to get by every single week. So once you get a plan, write it down. You have to write it down. It helps a ton. It takes the stress out of constantly worrying if you're on the right track, forgetting things. It just makes it a lot easier because you can easily reflect back on it when you're like, hmm, should we do this investing thing instead? Nope, nope, we're not going to do it because this investing plan is in place for at least one quarter or one year. And those sort of things can't be changed right now. So then you write down the little note to consider when it's time to adjust your money plan. But having your money plan is a way to do a ton of fun things. And it's a way to protect you from living paycheck to paycheck. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Money Talk. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please follow us on social media. You can search Money Talk or Money Talk FFC and you'll find us online. Look for the same logo as our podcast art. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at moneytalk.ffc at gmail.com. And keep an eye out for a website. Hopefully we can get one up in the next couple months, but we'll see. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Lots of fun things ahead. But thank you for listening to today's episode of Money Talk. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk. The Money Talk show is provided for informational purposes and should not be used for personal or specific financial advice. Every situation is unique and different. Please make sure to do your own research for your personal financial situation.